But if you are born and raised now, it means that your soul has agreed there is a part you can play. You ah. may be a Greta Thunberg, or you may just be someone who sits down with a person who is homeless and hands them a sandwich and eats lunch with them and gives them hope. You don't know who you will affect. It's like the old saying, there are angels among us. If you give a cup of water to this person, you are giving it to God. Hi, everybody. This is Diane Gilman, formerly the Queen of Jeans, but now the proud host of my own podcast, Too Young to Be Old. And today, whoa, do we have a fascinating guest? Corby Mitlide is. You ready? Mystic, psychic, channel, medium, and tarot card master. And and guess what? I know everybody has a question, but I just get a few more points because I'm the host of Too Young to Be Old. Corby is actually going to do a tarot reading for me during this podcast. So, Corby, this is a lot to take on. And what I want to know is how did you begin? For me, I knew I wanted to be in fashion from the time I was a toddler and could pick up a crayon and draw a stick figure with a dress. How did this all come about for you? Because you've done this for 50 years. This is not just a hobby. This is a life's mission. When I was nine, I read a book called The Witch Family by Eleanor Estes, and I thought, ooh, there's magic in the world. I want to go find it. Fast forward to 1973 when I was a senior in high school working part-time at Spencer Gifts. They had the James Bond 007 tarot deck, and I bought it because we were all hippies then. (laughs) You know, you had your elephant bell bottoms and your David Crosby fringe jacket in your deck. Yeah. Um, five years later, everyone else had moved on to roller skates and disco balls, but I loved the cards. So for 20 years, I read for friends, making sure that my ego was on the shelf and the message was clear. All of a sudden in the early nineties, I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when the universe handed me my draft notice and said, hello, you're working for us. So I did it part-time. Meanwhile, a very checkered career. Actress, author, inspirational speaker, video producer, legal assistant, writer for the graphic novel series, ElfQuest executive recruiter, but always the cards on the side. Until 9-11. As we watched the towers burn, I turned to my husband and I said, I need to do the psychic work full time. People need to know there are other answers out there. He said, I believe in you. Go do it. Since then, six days a week, 14 hours a day, I read about a thousand people a year and I get to get up every morning. I don't have to get up every morning. And that's really the biggest gift. So how how was 9-11 pivotal to you? Because you, as an intuitive, felt all that suffering and all that panic, and you felt that you were going to be able to alleviate a lot of that in the people that surrounded that horrific event. As I watched the towers burn, the message inside me said very clearly, um, this is the 
end of the old world and the beginning of the new one, which will be much darker. And people will need answers. They can't just feed into the fear. You know, we were talking, um, audience, before we began the podcast, and I said that I had absolutely no appetite for people force me, they shame me into putting up two of my smallest Christmas trees, and I've hung exactly three ornaments on it in a week. I feel like it is so dark, Corby. I feel like for me at 78 years old, it's probably the darkest I've seen the entire world be. And there seems like not a lot of light, not a lot of hope. How do you read into that? And do you do your own personal, private readings every day or every other day or once a week to to it, what do you do to read into that and then how do you combat that darkness i know why i'm here and uh, if you will my soul tends to send down incarnations at the ends of things uh, i was a yorkist knight in the wars of the roses york lost i was a german pilot in world war one germany lost and America is never going to be what it was. Don't yeah. know what it will be. Um, even though there's a lot of dark coming, I think that it will rise like a phoenix from the ashes. But I'm only 10 years younger than you. Probably not during our lifetime. You know, God bless Gen Z. They're going to be the, the revolutionaries. Yeah. But in the meantime, we need to be the candle in the dark. We need to help people eat. We need to help people battle fear. We need to make sure that banned books are somehow kept somewhere so that people can still read them and people need to not give away their power which is why i don't call myself a fortune teller i'm an intuitive consultant and when we do the cards it's always here are your opportunities and how to grab them here's the tough stuff here's how to get through it or around it here's your toolbox go rock and roll i well, am not the repairman i hand you the toolbox <laughs> That is so well put. You know, I think that that um, pretty much sums up how I feel about this Christmas. I feel that it, it, for me, and I'm an intuitive, but in no way professional, but I respect my talent and I've tried over the lifetime to develop it because frankly, how can you design fashion and make predictions a year and a half, two years in advance if you're not unintuitive. I mean, impossible. But yeah, I see a lot of darkness coming. And I was just thinking last night that there are so many things that I think we all feel helpless about. Like, for instance, talking about just forget about the two wars that are going on. Let's talk about global warming. And the statement yesterday from scientists that we are about six months away from no reversal. And nobody agrees. And nobody wants to stop fracking and drilling for oil. And there comes a point where you begin to feel hopeless because the people that are supposed to represent you, the government, are not they're living in a dream world where, oh, let's just pump some more gas. And you feel like you don't have any 
power, that you're in a totally powerless position. We all have intuitive powers. If Do you believe that group energy, if we were all focused on one area of light, that we could move things along better? We might. Uh, I don't know necessarily that we could. But, you know, there's the difference. Sometimes I tell people it's good to be hopeless. And they look at me like, what are you talking about? Because when you have hope, you're, and you're holding your breath. Okay. When you are inspired to do something, then you're breathing in the possibilities. You know, I'll I'll use a tiny example, right? Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. In my childhood, the house was filled to the rafters and there was, you know, so much food. My husband and I, really no family, not close, um, no kids, no grandkids. It's just us. Sounds like Thanksgiving, me. Right. Thanksgiving makes no sense. But rather than be depressed about it, I sent food to a food bank. I fed myself a different way. Do not mourn what's gone because it's gone. Decide what you can do in the present moment. Yes, we have probably gone past the tipping point and mother nature is going to try and get rid of the cockroaches. Yeah. That's us. us. But it doesn't mean sit and panic and wait. It means for however long you've got, you feed your friends, you love your people, you heal what you can. We are in a, look, think about the plague. The Black Death, you did, there was nothing you could do except feed your family, love your people, take care of what you could. And in a sense, the environment is an environmental Black Plague. It's going to kill millions, maybe billions. You can't stop it sufficiently now. doesn't mean that you should stop recycling. It doesn't mean you shouldn't put on a solar panel. Do the tiny thing. Remember the idea of a butterfly in the Amazon can change a hurricane. But to go into the black despair feeds the dark. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And and I want to ask you, because 50 years mm-hmm. of doing this as a career, of being a, a tarot master, of being a mystic and a psychic, Where do people, people obviously come to you for answers. They have a question. Where does that usually lie? Going back to the past, in the present, or or what do I do with my future? You know, everything is the yellow brick road. And suddenly it veers off and there's two roads. Which road do I take? Where does that lie for you? Where is the preponderance of your audience landing and wanting answers about? Well, most of the people, I'll put it this way. There are four things people come to me for. The first is the everyday tour bus. House, car, job, kids, finances. Okay, God, you put me here. What the heck? Or past lives, why am I afraid of oatmeal? Or who was I in 1642 Belgium? Or I want to speak to my spirit guide, Binky. Or how's dead Aunt Mabel? I mean, it's what it is. 
most of the time people want to do what do i do with my life now there it, it's very immediate but i tell them i will not just say do this don't do that because that takes away their free will let's use the typical example does bruce love me 95 percent of the first questions are always about love i, I thought would, so yeah okay a card for you a card for bruce a card for the relationship as it stands what you need to know and best possible outcome and i tell you what i see but then i zip it i don't tell you and then you should do this if you say i still don't know what to do i'll pull what i call the three threes three cards for status quo you just kind of bumble along three cards for that come to jesus meeting and there's serious canceling or three cards for hostile bye-bye it's been nice i'll see you i'm gone and even if i see the leave thing with the beetlejuice 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 sign if my <laughs> client goes I guess I'll just stick it out for a while. That's her free will. And I can't say, but you mustn't. The only time that I break that rule is if she tells me she's battered or gaslit. Then the reader's turban comes off and my reverend collar goes on and I show her how she can leave safely. So is that when you call, when you, or let's say other people term you a spiritual, intuitive counselor and connector mm -hmm. is that what you're talking about here it is because if you say psychic that has all kinds of odd meanings if you and i'm not a fortune teller an intuitive consultant or an intuitive counselor means that we are using tools that are not typical in order to get your information um a perfect example, last night I did what I call a soul plan reading. A woman wanted to know why her child had died young from a drug overdose. And I had done about 12 hours of deep trance meditation. And I explained her numerology, her child's numerology, and the three lives explaining it that I got for her. And remember, she hadn't told me anything about what her boy was like obviously highlighted, pinpointed everything that he was trying to do here and could not do. And it gave her enormous peace. Did it bring him back? No. But it helped her realize that it wasn't that God doesn't love her or it was bad luck or evil karma. Because we have themes and ideas that our soul deals with life after life after life after life. And her son was dealing with addictions, freedom, and trying to work in a world that he was almost too much of a high vibe for. It has given her peace. Which to me is, and should be always the point of getting a reading. So uh, to everybody out there who's listening to Too Young to Be Old today, we have, Corby Mitlide, who is a master tarot card reader and an intuitive and a mystic and a psychic and a channel and a medium. I mean, and and I truly feel that you're absolutely the real, real deal. So we were talking before the uh, podcast about a reading that I had probably... 30 years ago, 32 years ago. So it was in the early 90s. 
I have okay. a decision to make. My name was in every department store in America. Mm -hmm. I was getting famous, which I'd waited a long time for. The cycle of my career was everything happening, not even midlife, well, just the end of midlife. So, okay, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm about to turn 50 and my name is up there, da, 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 and I'm miserable with these people. Um, I tended to always choose powerful male business partners who knew how to motivate a business, but also knew how to manipulate money and earnings. Mm -hmm. And my decision was, do I stay where I am and never make the amount of money I'm worth? Or do I completely torch the building and just take my chances to move on because I think I'm better than how I'm being treated. And I went for a tarot reading and you've got the card, right, Corby? Mm -hmm. I and do. Corby, I said that that tarot reader came up with the card, which is, I'm going to let Corby explain it, but it was sort of the Armageddon card for me. And I said, oh my God, let's try again. Shuffle the deck. Same card came up. Shuffle the deck. We did it 11 times. And I finally realized, okay, this, this was how it was going to be. I was either going to let powerful people overpower me and never let me reach my full potential, but I would be comfortable or I was going to have to go into hand-to-hand -hand combat and I chose hand-to-hand -hand combat. I, I chose to believe the tarot cards. They seemed inescapably true to me, but would you explain this card, please, Corby? Yes. The card you're talking about is the tower and there are three cards that weird out rookies, death, the devil, and the tower. When they come up, I explain what they mean because it is what they think. Let's look at the tower. The tower card shows a lightning struck building on fire and people falling off it. People think it's <laughs> doom, gloom, and destruction. I say, I'd rather have you look at it like the imploding sports stadium card. New York Yankees want to build a new stadium. They have to blow up the old one first and clear the ground. So this card says there's going to be irrevocable change, but you can build better from it. Um, the death card. Everybody sees this and they're afraid they're going to be hit by a bus on Tuesday. No, <laughs> it's death of an old way of life, death of what you've outgrown, death of what was never you in the first place. And the third card is the devil card. It is not Mr. Horns in a Tail. It is not even Jack Nicholson from the Witches of Eastwick. It is being bedeviled by something, someone, or some situation or holding yourself back from your highest and best. And if all three of those cards had come up in that reading that the person did, listening to my interpretation, my more useful interpretation, you would not have been scared. You would have just rolled up your sleeves and said, bring it on. Okay, first of all, let me tell you what, these guys were pretty scary. Um, they were very, very powerful and they had a lot of money behind them, partially my money. But um, the part where you talk about you have to tear down Yankee Stadium for the Yankees to build a new stadium, actually, by leaving them and going into mortal 
hand-to-hand combat with them, I coincidentally got to television and developed a whole new talent, communication, in front of a camera that has now set me up for the rest of my life should I choose to keep going down this path, which I really love. So I understand where a card that presages destruction can also be the link to construction. I just didn't have a reader who was as sophisticated as you. I had someone who liked doing it, but I think was a little nervous about her talent and was certainly not going to devote her life to it. So you said that you would do a reading for me. Is that okay. true? Okay, yeah. so this is su- super exciting for me. So, um, What's your question, girlfriend? Okay, my question is always the same. <laughs> it's always about the future. And yet, let me presage this by saying that even though in my 70s, I went through breast cancer, And yeah, it was super scary. And I think it was an out-of-body experience for me for about two years. I just was a soldier. I had to do what I had to do. And um, I don't even look back on it with negativity. I think it set me up to be who I am today, to get to a better future for, for myself, but also to benefit people around me. So when I decided to walk away from television. I've been on for 30 years. It was because I was feeling stale. I understood how precious life is because of the cancer diagnosis. And I asked myself a true question. Do you really, you can, but do you really want to do this for the rest of your life? And the answer is no. I want to do something new and bright and refreshing and that I'm learning from. So my question to Corby is, pardon me am i on the right path i feel like i am i'm very very happy and i feel very productive but am i truly on the right path and am i going to get the opportunity to help and educate and inspire a huge swath of my baby boomer sisterhood And believe it or not, I'm going to tell you, you're asking the wrong question, but I'll help you reframe it. The reason is, and this is important for everybody. When you say to a, like a Madame Rosa from Mrs. Maisel, (laughs) am I going to succeed? The fakes will go, oh no, you have a family curse. How many in your family? Four, you have dog. Always ask how, how do I make sure that I'm on the right path? How do I make sure that I can keep doing this as long as I love it? And yes, I'm a tarot master, but I also work with Oracle cards. And so I'm going to pull two sets for you. The first is a First Nations Native American deck called Spirit of the Wheel. And I'm pulling five cards for you on that because that's going to give you a feel for your path, if you will. Okay. The first card is what brings you down here, meaning why did you incarnate? And the card is father, son, direction, illumination, and active growth. Not only growth for you, but growth for others. What is your passion? 
stone of self. Stone of self is inner, inner power, true self, and potential. That's why you are passionate about people being themselves, being true to themselves, moving forward authentically. What are you going to teach others? Budding trees, moon, expectation, process, goals. You are going to keep people moving ahead. You are not going to let them sit in their pity party or, well, I guess I'm done because you're not done and I'm not done, even though a lot of people would have us out in the pasture. What is your legacy going to be? Yeah. Harvest moon, turning point, preparation, gathering. You are going to be one of the thought leaders that helps people hold up those bright candles in the dark. Oh. But the hub of your medicine wheel, what you always have to come back to for yourself is the card for the East, new beginnings, thought processes, and inspiration. So that's the thing about, am I on the right path? Oh, baby, of course you are. Now, I'm going to pull some cards that will give you an idea about life in general, and that's talents. I have three uh, piles in front of me, left, middle, and right. Which one would you like me to read? Let's go for left. Done. I don't know why, but. Don't even question. Remember, everybody can do what I do. I'm not special. We all have the same wiring. I just have devoted years to it. Okay? So, pulling your 10 cards. This is so exciting. You have no idea. My my heart is like. Relax. The first thing <laughs> I'm doing is I'm pulling the major arcana out. Those are the ones with the Roman numerals and the names at the bottom. It's the concentrated God energy in the deck. Average is two. You have three, which means God's going to be playing in your sandbox and nudging you in certain directions this year. That's fine. Then I look at the four suits in the cards. You've got three wands. Wands are creativity, power, passion, and drive. What you put out to the world going, this is Diane, baby, take it or leave it. You've got two pentacles for material goods. That's stuff. You've got one cup for relationships, but that's anything that goes human heart to human heart, not just partners, and one sword for challenge. So this is mostly how creative can you be? The first card I see is the Ace of Pentacles, which is money. You're fine. But over it is the Seven of Pentacles, which is a card that says slow growth but deep roots. What that says is you may slow down a little bit with how you bring in the money, but it's because instead of being shallow and wide, you're going narrow and deep. You're truly choosing what you want to put your energy into. Yes. The key, the key is though the seven of cups. You have so many ideas, you have to pick one. Past couple of years, it's been the wheel of fortune for you. It has really been some days chickens and some days feathers. It's been up and down. But what I love is the next nine months, which is the six of wands card. This says victory through teamwork. You're going to be finding like-minded people, like-hearted people who all want the same creative process as you do. Your personal card is the five of wands. The five of wands can either be argument or brainstorming. Again, remember, you have so many ideas that are going, but around you, the eight of wands is a card of communication and things moving a little faster than you think. What that tells me is there will be somebody who can communicate, who gets what you want and will help you synthesize and get focused 
on the one or two things that you're passionate about and will take you forward into your next act. What you think about in the middle of the night when the squirrels upstairs won't take their sneakers off, is like everybody, you're scared about how the world is changing. Oh, but yeah. what you, but here's your, you have a choice in the next 18 months, you can either be stuck in the fear or you can realize you're like the alchemist that can turn lead into gold. That means you take the difficult situations, you make them work, you make them positive, you show people how they can do the same thing, and you put intuitive, creative power in people's hands. Oh, that is exactly what I want. That is exactly. And, you know, if I had never had breast cancer and had a scary diagnosis as I did, and I would never be in shape to do that today, mm -hmm. but it gave me so much more empathetic power. Um, this is an incredible reading. I feel like, you know, in the midst of a whole audience here, you gave me a personal reading. And the real truth was I wanted to get to a wider audience. I wanted to do good. I feel that women have a much more difficult time aging than men do. And they need help and they need guidelines and they need someone who says, yeah, guess what? I'm 78. I went through two years of breast cancer and it was still this, the 70s have been the happiest decade of my life. Mm -hmm. So I have, I believe what has been a huge challenge ahead of me. And the challenge is, well, wait a minute, Diane, you were a fashion designer. You were all about the exterior. Now you want to go and deal with people's interiors. I do question sometimes, am I valid for that? I certainly am authentic and truthful. And I think to myself, are you biting off way too big a piece of the pie to chew? And I'm going to, I know in the next six months, have to really narrow it down to be the most effective I can be for the longest I can be. But being intuitive, Corby, I cannot tell you how much enjoyment, how much pride I take in doing this podcast. It's one of the most exciting choices of my entire life. And when I made it, well, I quit television that I knew for 30 years and I didn't know where was I going. And within five weeks, someone offered me my own podcast. So to a vast audience out there, in the middle of what seems to be darkening karma clouds, I don't know how else to put it, do you ever do? a reading for our society or where as a human race we're going. If I need it, uh, and I could talk to you forever, but I'm not allowed to. As a final question, do you have generalized advice to give to Anybody who's listening to Too Young to Be Old today. 
I'm not going to lie. It's getting dark, guys. It is. I am not what I call a glurgy purple with angels person who believes if you don't look at the dark and you only look at the light, it's all fine. No, it isn't. But if you are born and raised now, it means that your soul has agreed there is a part you can play. You ah. may be a Greta Thunberg, or you may just be someone who sits down with a person who is homeless and hands them a sandwich and eats lunch with them and gives them hope. You don't know who you will affect. It's like the old saying, there are angels among us. If you give a cup of water to this person, you are giving it to God. You don't know. You do what you can. Like Teddy Roosevelt said, do what you can with what you have where you are. And know that you are doing enough and what you're meant to do. Yeah. And I know that my purpose right now, or at least I feel that, is to spread light, that I'm one of the purveyors of light. They always said to me during cancer treatment, you are absolutely the most optimistic patient we ever had. And truthfully, for the diagnosis I had, there was not a lot of optimism. But I I felt that it was very important to smile every day. It was very important to laugh every day. And I somehow became the mother hen to everybody around me who was having treatment to cheer them up, to make them feel better about themselves. So I think that for anybody that is here right now, we this is not random. Would you agree? We are here for a purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Find 100%. your yeah, find your purpose. Corby. Corby Mitlide. I have a hard time saying your last name. I like your first name. That's easy. Mitlide. Um, Mitlide is the German word for compassion. It's a chosen last woo! name and it reminds me why I do the work I do. Wow. That's so interesting and how perfect. I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. You are as genuine as they get. And thank you for my reading. I'm always looking to be my better self, because I think we all have a choice. (laughs) Be a slug that needs to get pushed along or be your very worst self or, or really strive to be your best. And, and so um, I hope that I become a real light in the darkness. You know, I just saw um, the Tolkien trilogy and about going against Sarnan, and I thought we are, there was a reason why that movie was such a mega hit. It just presaged the times we're going into. Hollywood often does that. Yes. So um, I want to say that we will give you, audience, for Too Young to Be Old, all the contact points that are necessary if you wish to get in touch with Corby and have a reading, literally, from what she just read from me from the cards. 
I had every hair on my body standing up. Those that reading was the whole thing was so true to myself for sure. Um, you are a genuine talent. We are happy to have you on this earth. And I thank you so, so much for being here today. Wow, this was great. Thank you so much for listening to Too Young to Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman. Or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old.